values, and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. Appreciate you spending some time with the show. I had a privilege yesterday of being a part of a border summit and watching and learning uh, a lot of things. I thought I knew a lot about the border, and I feel like I know more than most studying it for so long. But being around some experts, it was interesting to watch the panels of people. The first one was law enforcement, and this was about solutions. And uh, I want to thank – it's interesting that you wouldn't think of a former governor of Arkansas leading this charge. Asa Hutchinson was leading this, and it was interesting to hear his take on why, because one of the people that was on the very first panel was a colonel with a sheriff's department in Indiana, middle America, talking about the cost and what fentanyl and what uh, with their drug interdiction and what's going on in their state. So this is affecting everyone in this country. And it was about border security, and it was about solutions. It wasn't just about complaining. That was one of the first things the former governor said. And there were a lot of solutions that were presented. There are a couple of things that I think are interesting to note that I learned. Um, former um, a candidate for um, for Attorney General Lacey Cooper was there. And it was, it was good to be there and listen to her speak. And she's a very smart woman. She worked in the Attorney General's office. Um, she was uh, the border security. She was in charge of border security. She, I think, also at one time worked with on drug convictions. And um, she has a lot of knowledge on the issue, having worked the way she did in, in the attorney's office. Um, and she talked about judges, immigration judges. And I didn't know this to be true, and I don't think that she's lying. But immigration judges are not the same as other federal judges that are appointed, and then they stand outside of the purview of an elected official or an appointed official. That they they are part of the, the uh, judicial branch, and they are a separate branch of government. They aren't. They work at the pleasure of the president of the United States, and they work at the pleasure of the attorney general's office who oversees them. In other words – the way they apply the law, what they are told to convict and not convict on, not evidence, but on the directions that they take are, are from the attorney general. So it changes with the policy of the White House and the president that's there. I think most people on both sides of the political aisle would rather have judges that are independent of the other two branches of government, just like other federal judges are. And it was a conversation about what we do to secure the border. And um, uh, Congressman Juan Siscomani was there and hit a home run with the comments that he had to make about border security. And he broke the border down into three parts. Uh, There is the immigration part. There is the trade and commerce part. And there is the border security part. And they work independent of each other. And we convolute the three. But the three do intertwine and the three do uh, affect each other. And I want to go back to something that I played earlier. Um, If I said to you today I was going to play some audio of Senator Chuck Schumer from New York, and you're going to agree with every word he says, and I'll bet you 100 bucks to your favorite charity – You'd lose this bet if you said there's no way you're going to agree. This is Chuck Schumer in 2009 talking about illegal immigration. We must create a system that converts the current flow of primarily low-skilled illegal immigrants into the United States into a more manageable and controlled flow of legal immigrants who can be absorbed by our economy. Let me elaborate. The first of these seven principles is that illegal immigration is wrong, plain and simple. 
until the American people are convinced that we will stop future flows of illegal immigration, we will make no progress on dealing with the millions of illegal immigrants who are here now and on rationalizing our system of legal immigration. It's plain and simple and unavoidable. When we use phrases like undocumented workers, we convey a message to the American people that their government is not serious about combating illegal immigration, which the American people overwhelmingly oppose. He's going to go on in a moment. You're not going to believe what he says next. I've been saying for a long time when we call everyone a migrant, we are not what we are what they're attempting to do in changing that language is to not label people that come here illegally with a scarlet letter. But what they're actually accomplishing is they are diminishing the a huge accomplishment of the people that have done it the right way. And I look at this and I think that's we should be saying this. I've said for a long time you wouldn't. And I said it yesterday at lunch at the summit when I was asked to keynote the lunch. We don't if you went into a store, if you if someone goes into a store and shoplifts, you don't call that shoplifter a customer. It's not because you want to. uh, Again, you're not trying to label somebody, but you aren't. They're not a customer. They're a shoplifter. And we have to make that designation. And Chuck Schumer said it. Now, I want you to hear how he starts the next one-minute segment of this. He talks about using the phrase undocumented worker. Amazing how much this has changed since 2009. If you don't think it's illegal, you're not going to say it. I think it is illegal and wrong, and we have to change it. So he says, using the phrase like undocumented workers tells the American people that their government is not serious about stopping illegal immigration. Now, we have gone from phrases like just illegals. We called people illegals, illegal aliens. Then they were called illegal migrants. Then they were called undocumented uh, migrants or undocumented aliens. Now they're all just called migrants. We have morphed this language. One of the reasons why I think this is so such a bad thing is that the highest number of Americans in a very, very long time – are disappointed in our immigration system. And a majority of Americans want less immigration. We're talking about legal immigration here because we have convoluted illegal and legal immigration. Um, We understand the plight of people that want a better life. We do need a better system. But as you're going to hear Chuck Schumer talk about here, this is Chuck Schumer now. You've heard how his stance is on immigration now. I don't know how he's changed and how he's gotten away with changing since 2009. This is what he says about the expectations that the American people have of their government. Above all else, the American people want their government to be serious about protecting the public, enforcing the rule of law, and creating a rational system of legal immigration that will proactively fit our needs rather than reactively responding to future waves of illegal immigration. People who enter the United States without our permission are illegal aliens, and illegal aliens should not be treated the same as people who entered the U.S. legally. Did you hear that? People that enter this country without our permission are illegal aliens and should not be treated the same as people that have come into this country legally. That's Chuck Schumer that said that. If Kevin McCarthy said that, if Republicans say things like that, they are heartless. They don't care about the plight of good, poor people. This is Chuck Schumer in 2009. 
He goes on. To the advocates for strong, fair, effective, comprehensive immigration reform, and I'm certainly one, I say to you that the American people will never accept immigration reform unless they truly believe that their government is committed to ending future illegal immigration. And any successful comprehensive immigration reform bill must recognize this fact. So now Chuck Schumer and his party in both the House and the Senate are saying that it isn't just about border security, that they are not going to be a part of any border security conversation unless it also includes serious immigration reform. Unless we have comprehensive immigration reform that goes along with it, they are not in favor of doing anything on border security. In 2009, Chuck Schumer stood at that podium and he said the American people will not tolerate that. That the American people will not tolerate any serious immigration reform unless they know for a fact that we are going to stop future waves of illegal immigration into this country. In other words, until we secure the border, until the border is secure, the American people will not entertain the idea of immigration reform. I'm going to tell you something that I'm shocked that I'm going to say. I agree 100% with everything that Chuck Schumer just said. That I want comprehensive immigration reform. I am a strong proponent of it. We should have a big, wide door at that border. We should make it easier for good people to come to this country and live the American dream. But none of it can happen until we secure our border. None of it. Coming up in a moment, we do something we call Did You Hear This? We do it every day at 1120, so please stick around for it. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. All right, let's get you caught up on the headlines. Did you hear this? Did you hear this? Broomhead's reaction to the hottest news stories. Chairman of the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, Clint Hickman, joined the show today and discussed his frustration in a 2020 election report being withheld from the public. This is the top elected law enforcement official in the state of Arizona, and he has suppressed a report. Should there be consequences for the former attorney general? Yeah, I think that there uh, I don't know what the legal ramifications are myself. I know people are looking at criminal investigation into not just him, but other people in the office. Um, I don't know anything about that. I do think that there is a lot of um, political fallout. And here's just my opinion on that part of it. Um, He had an opportunity to make it easier for people that were suffering a lot of things said about them that were very negative and at times dangerous, including our governor. She was threatened. Her life was threatened. Um, Clint Hickman, who was in studio with us, had his life threatened. He had over 100 people outside of his home with his wife and children inside. People's lives were made miserable over this topic by people that firmly believed that, A, the election was stolen, and, B, these other people, namely the Republicans, that they felt even more violated by. Governor Ducey, Clint Hickman, Bill Gates, and others, uh, the, the, the new county recorder and Stephen Richer, that they were all a part of this cover-up. And it was treasonous in their mind, and they really believed it. And this would have gone a long way to stop that belief. And instead of easing the pain and the rancor and the vitriol within this argument, uh, the report wasn't released. And I think because the former attorney general knew that if he released a report that said we didn't find any. He wasn't even saying that there wasn't anything. He said we didn't find enough evidence um, that it would have been political suicide for his aspirations to be a senator. I think there's going to be great fallout from that, and there probably should be. 
Inflation continued to rise last month. Consumer prices were up by six-tenths of a percent from December to January, much higher than the 0.2% increase from November to December. The year-by-year number was also higher as the prices were up by 5.4% compared to last January. What measures do we need to help ease inflation? They're going to continue to try to raise interest rates so it's harder to borrow money for big companies and it's going to result in layoffs. I think the uh, the longer this goes on this way, the longer we continue to see higher inflation than predicted, the longer we see this go on, the better chance we have of a very hard landing. And that, for me, is what everybody was hoping to avoid, hoping to avoid a recession. But they're going to have to take bigger steps. And when I mean interest rate cuts that are uh, interest rate hikes that are higher and other things that will be necessary to slow down the economy, which will result in layoffs. I think that's what the fear is. The Dow is down over 400 points right now today. And, and I think that's an indicator that we are talking about a pullback. And that now has become not just a concern and not just a matter of if, but when. And I hope it ends soon. You are listening to Did You Hear This? We do it every day at this time to catch you up on the headlines. At the Global Border Summit in El Paso, the impact of Title 42 ending was discussed in major detail. There is going to be a surge of migrants that will um, present themselves at the border. Mike, you also attended a border summit in Tucson. What were your main takeaways? Um, border security is still number one in the hearts of people with the three. And again, this was uh, Juan Siscomani, <clears throat> congressman, not me coming up with this. There are the three different things that have to do with the border. Number one is immigration. Number two, and not in any order. Number two is commerce and trade. And number three is security. And security is the key to the other two. And uh, so I took away from that that it is still a big concern. It's not an easy fix, but something needs to be done that when Title 42 ends, we are going to see a surge at the border. And unless there are major changes to pieces of legislation that the president will sign, we are going, we are in for another wave and another generation of people coming into this country illegally. And it's something we should stop. Last April, Mike, you did an interview with former Attorney General Mark Brnovich and asked him if he had any concerns about the 2020 election. Here's what he said. Based on what we've looked at so far, what we've, the parts we've completed, the 2020 election in Maricopa County revealed serious vulnerabilities. Knowing what you know now, how do you view the fallout from the 2020 election? Um... The fallout from the 2020 election has changed the Republican Party in Arizona. It divided it into two parts. Either you believe the election was stolen and you are one of us or you didn't and you should get out. And unfortunately, it cost the party money. It cost the party um, loyalty. It cost the party unity. And it cost the party a lot of elections. I'm speaking as a Republican lamenting this, um, that uh, there was no unity. You were either in or you were out. And I was one of the outcasts, which I didn't mind. I don't mind standing up for what I disagree about. I wasn't losing anything. I wasn't going to lose my job. I wasn't losing any of that. There were a lot of people running for office that had to try to walk that line that shouldn't have. That the people should have been able to talk about the issues that were most important to the people of Arizona and they were stuck talking about one issue. And this could have been, not gone away, it's never going to go away, but it could have been diminished greatly if a Republican Attorney General released a report that said, we investigated what the cyber ninjas investigated. We looked at everything they asked us to look at and we didn't find any widespread fraud. Instead, we didn't see the report and now they're saying it's because Maricopa County still withheld evidence. At least some people are saying that. It's sad and I hope it's over. 
Great job, Julia. Great week, everyone. Uh, we appreciate you being with us for Did You Hear This? Coming up in a moment, we'll give you some more details and a lot more audio. Great interview in two segments with Clint Hickman, the county board of supervisors. And I want you to hear more of what Mr. Hickman had to say. If you missed the interview, you can hear the whole thing in its entirety on the podcast. I'll be back. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks so much for being here. Uh, Clint Hickman, County Board of Supervisors Chairman, was on with me talking about the report that has now been released by the current Attorney General that was not released by our former Attorney General, Mark Burnovich. And a lot is being made of this. Uh, People want to see legal action taken, maybe a disbarment of the former Attorney General, believing that he shirked his duty as the um, Attorney General for not releasing this report. Um, There's a conversation being had that it was an incomplete report. We haven't heard anything from Mr. Burnovich. I'm reaching out to him. I'd love to have a conversation with him. He's been on the show many times. I would give him a fair shake. But from everything that we are seeing now, it looks as if <clears throat> for politi- political expediency, the uh, the former attorney general did not want to be the bearer of bad news to his party that they didn't find it. Now, there's a difference between what you know and what you can prove. So, again, I don't have any animosity toward people that believe the election was stolen. I've maintained a good relationship with uh, Senator Karen Fan. I didn't agree with the way the audit was done because I'm not going to make character judgments against people. You have a right to believe, as I do, I don't believe the election was stolen. I never have. I didn't believe that the audit was going to be done impartially, and it wasn't. Um, I don't believe any of those things. And what I'm seeing in this report from what we have all seen in the footnotes and everything else is from all of the information that they had at the attorney general's office and the information that was provided to them after the Cyber Ninjas audit that there was no evidence of widespread fraud that they could bring forward. Now, does that mean the election wasn't stolen for the people out there that believe that it was? No, it doesn't mean that it wasn't stolen. It means that the attorney general's office didn't find anything. That's important information. And the reason why that's important information is because um, it would have alleviated a lot of the rancor within the Republican Party because it would have there would have been somewhat of a conclusion if a Republican attorney general that was well. And I don't maybe that's not true. There was so much that happened. Um, um, and I will tell you that the diehard people that just believe that it's been covered up, you have to believe that everybody is in on this cover-up. You have to believe that a Republican Maricopa County attorney, um, four Republicans on the county, county Board of Supervisor, a Republican governor, you have to believe that all of these people are in on the cover-up. And I just – I don't see how that's possible, that they're in on covering this up. Nobody's getting rich, and everybody's got death threats. Why would they do it? They're, it doesn't make any sense. It do, Oh, and I forget the, the Republican County Recorder. Um, what's frustrating about this is that every con- every conversation within Republican circles, the people that showed up at debates, the people that showed up at the polls, the people that volunteered for campaigns were believers that the election was stolen. They were loud. They were strong. They had huge numbers. They were vocal and they were active. And you did not stand a chance in a Republican primary if you didn't stand on the side of election denial when faced with making a choice. The two Republicans that won statewide races, the treasurer, who was the highest vote getter in any statewide race, and the superintendent of public instruction, they both stayed away from election denial. They didn't talk about it. I don't know where they stand. 
I don't know where they stand, but I think they wisely said, we're not, it has nothing to do with my race. I'm going to talk about my race. And they won their races. So let's hear a little bit more uh, from Clint Hickman. And uh, this is how he feels about what happened in this report. I said it in my words. I'm disgusted. And that's where I remain. I'm absolutely disgusted. And now I'm getting questions about, hey, what, what does the board want to do about uh, disbarment? Well, why does it have to be us people, us board members, uh, that needs to make a decision? Now, there are people talking about arrests and criminal investigation, and I don't know that. I mean, there's a difference between being disbarred for a violation of of ethics within the Bar Association and some legal ramifications. I don't know any of that. I, I'm not a lawyer, and I don't know what the law says as far as whether or not there's arrest that should be made. But there are investigations going. Now, I will tell you that I'm hearing from people that are saying that what happened here is – and I want to hear this. I want to hear this from somebody that was involved in the investigation or involved in this whole thing, or I want to hear it directly from the attorney general. But here is a narrative that's being brought out, and I think it's fair to tell both sides. One of the narratives is the reason why the report wasn't released is because it's incomplete. And the reason that it's incomplete is that the county board of supervisors wouldn't comply with requests for certain amounts of information, furthering the idea that the board of supervisors was in on the cover-up. Now, if that's true, we need to know. And somebody that was involved in that investigation needs to stand up and say that's absolutely what happened. That's absolutely what happened. And so um, this is where the problem lies. That we need to know we're looking at a situation that the voters in Arizona need to look at. What we've seen in this report is that they haven't found any evidence. Now we've got more questions. Well, there's stuff they didn't give us, and the answer is in there. We've been hearing that for over two years. We kept hearing it. If you remember, the audit was authorized, and they had their hands on. But this was scary to me, by the way, and it would have been scary, to again, for all the people that were in favor of the audit and the way that it was run. I can promise you this. If that audit was handled exactly the same way, exactly the same way, but by Democrats, you would have been in federal court telling them, keep your hands off my ballot. They were looking for <clears throat> Chinese, they were looking for bamboo in the paper because it was Chinese paper and ballots from China, and they were running it under black lights, and they had pens they weren't supposed to have on the floor. They had zero security with a reporter wandering around for four days before it was finally brought out that they were standing right next to the ballots. They made mistakes from day one in that audit. And when the audit was over, they shipped everything they had over to the uh, attorney general's office and said, here are the questions that need to be answered. You need to do an investigation. And the Republican attorney general said, I will do that. And he did it with his office and his election integrity unit. Now, I, I don't they're saying that it's incomplete. And they can continue to say it's incomplete. And they, I, I want them if they believe it. Um, so are they saying that the, the county didn't comply because they're hiding something? Now you're accusing a board of people of hiding evidence that would prove that there was election fraud. And if so, come forward and say it. Say it publicly.
I'm not going to out anybody that says it to me. They're going to out themselves. Come out and say it. Somebody that was a part of the election integrity team of the attorney general's office or the attorney general himself, come forward and tell us what evidence is there that was withheld by the county board of supervisors. What did they withhold? And what do you believe is in that evidence if you get to see it? That's fair. Because that narrative is now being spun behind the scenes. This is where the perpetual it's never going to be over happens. I said earlier a couple of the things that they're doing with election integrity legislation at the state legislature. One of them is to get rid of early voting and that they want to get only one vote one day. And they also want a hand count because they don't trust the machines. And I'm telling you that that doesn't solve the problem either. And I'm going to explain why one more time. This is how this perpetually never ends. So let's say that this passes the legislature and by some miracle, the governor either signs it into law or lets it become law. And now all of a sudden, it's a hand count of all the votes. How long did the audit take? Months. So you're going to have to have thousands of people volunteer from both political parties. And let's not throw out the fact that there has to be an independent standing there because there's a good chance we have a three-way race in the United States Senate with the independent in Kirsten Cinema, a Democrat in uh, Ruben Gallego, and a Republican to be named later. All have to have eyes on that ballot and agree that it's been cast fairly. Then you go through that process. Well, here's what's going to happen. If the election ended exactly the same way in 2022, if Joe Biden won the election um, in 2020, whatever the whatever the election is, if it was done by a hand count, the Republicans would come out and say those weren't really Republicans that were looking at those ballots. I've been a Republican for 25 years and I never heard of that person being a Republican. Those were really Democrats that changed their party affiliation to Republican so that they could snipe the count. That's what happened over and over and over again. It never ends. And at some point we have to move forward. And this was an opportunity for this report to come out where, believe what you want, we didn't find evidence. That's their job. Not to say yes or no it happened, but say there's not enough evidence to convict. We didn't find enough evidence. But instead, now we're hearing from some people and I I would love to hear it on the air. I'm not shouting it down. I'm saying say it publicly. That there's evidence that wasn't given to you that would have proven your case. And I'd love to hear it. Before we close it out, we're going to talk about education and teacher raises of $10,000. We'll talk about it in just a moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. You know, I want to stay on this election, on the um, education topic here if I have time, but I want to finish up a thought on what the implications are of this report not being out to the public from the Attorney General. Um, the, the complexion of the election changed. Uh, election integrity was the number one issue for candidates for the party. And I will tell you that I think it was a bit tone deaf from within in the party that it was the biggest issue out there it was the it, it was the litmus test it didn't matter where you stood on other issues if you were not it didn't matter how good you were on the issues and i can talk about candidate after candidate who had a huge resume and and uh, at least deserved a fair look um whether it was matt salmon or uh, who i thought was a phenomenal candidate and he's a good friend um that he deserved a closer look if you based on the issues and his history as being a conservative guy in the house of representatives starting the freedom caucus but he didn't come out and say that the election was stolen 
out. When you look at other candidates, when you look at uh, uh, General Mick McGuire in the Senate race. Now, again, these are not endorsements. These are just acknowledgments of people that were running. When you look at General McGuire, General McGuire is a stand-up guy. General McGuire is is so articulate and such a great speaker and commands a crowd and um, wouldn't even didn't even get a look. And again, the complexion of this election changed dramatically, and it could have been um, changed in a in a different direction. This was something that cost the Republican Party dearly in the general election. Now, unless you believe, and there's still people that believe that 2022 was stolen, if you look at it, the MAGA candidates, every single MAGA candidate won the primary. Everyone that was Trump endorsed won the primary in the Republican Party. And every single one of those candidates lost in the general. Now, that's was an anomaly across the country, but that's how it went in Arizona. And if you look at the political fallout, I'm going to I'm now going to speak selfishly from a Republican point of view. You look at um, some of the things that the governor has vetoed or said she would veto some of the changes she's making to boards. Now, the decisions that she is going to make in the direction she wants the state to go reviewing the death penalty and how that's going to happen. These are all her prerogative as the governor. And I uh, listen, I think that she should do every single one of those things. She's invited to talk about them. I have full respect of her in that office. I'm going to disagree where I disagree. And for all the Republicans out there that are looking at changes and potential changes in Arizona and saying we should not be going in this direction. Well, it may have been different had this report come out sooner and had more people been able to come out publicly and say what I had been saying, that the election wasn't stolen. But I can tell you, I don't necessarily blame some people. It's easy to Monday morning quarterback and say, you should have had the courage to stand up and say this before. It's easy to say, except when you've taken your family through a campaign, when you've raised thousands and sometimes millions of dollars for a campaign, when you have poured your heart into a race for as long as you have, to have somebody say to you, the minute you don't say emphatically that the election was stolen, or if you insinuate that it wasn't stolen, you're out as a candidate. That's a very tough place to be, and that's what happened to a lot of candidates. Instead of being able to, on Republican principles, and again, I'm, I'm talking selfishly here, one-sided, standing on the principles of small government and the diversification of our economy and look at the direction we're going and let's keep going in this direction and let's do this and let's do that, it was election. Election integrity, election integrity, election integrity. And anybody who wasn't on that train didn't have a chance in a primary. And it cost them in the general election. And this report would have gone a long way for making it easier, especially for people on the board of supervisors to come out and say, listen, this is the issue. This is what's happened. Now, there, uh, the narrative out there that they didn't fully comply, and that's where the evidence really is, is going to keep this alive in the minds of some people. And if it's true, I want to see it. Again, I'm always open-minded. If you have evidence that the County Board of Supervisors was hiding evidence or didn't comply to hide evidence, I will shout it from the rooftops. Just like I put, um, I had Clint Hickman in studio, I would have anybody from the Election Integrity Office of the Attorney General or the former Attorney General himself, I would love to hear them say it. I will give them the full 30 minutes I gave Clint Hickman to tell us what that evidence is and what you believe it would find and how it would change that report. If not, you've got to release the report and say it doesn't matter what we think. We can't prove anything. 
And if you'd have done that sooner, it could have changed the complexion of how this election was finished. And I think the people of Arizona deserve that. Back tomorrow, starting at about 8 o'clock. I hope you can join me for part of your day as well. Or, I'm sorry, 8 o'clock Monday. Have a great weekend. I forgot today was Friday. Have a great weekend. We'll be back on Monday. God bless.